0: This message is brought to you by Cornerstone Gospel Church in Frankston, Australia. Well, welcome, and it is a privilege to be with you this morning. And such short notice, and so I wasn't um, rusted on this morning at Kingsway, and so I um, it was. Uh, when you're not preaching, you kind of switch off, and so I was up uh, later than usual this morning, enjoying my coffee, and then at eight o'clock. The phone goes bing. <laughs> and so it's then I learned that um, uh, Lionel asked me to uh, to minister in relation to this morning as he couldn't be here because he was ill. So your mind quickly engages and you think, okay, I've got to preach this morning. And so um, uh, the Lord did lay something upon my heart. And the reading this morning, which is going to formulate uh, a lot of the text and topic that we're going to look at in Romans 8, so um, uh, I'm encouraged, I feel as though I have the mind of the Lord to uh, share with you this morning that we can all be edified and blessed in his wonderful name. Amen. Now um, in saying that you can turn to Ephesians chapter 1 because that's where we'll, we'll go to. But I mean Romans chapter 8 has to be the climactic pinnacle um, of, uh, of the book of Romans there in terms of <coughs> the uh, fullness of God's spirit and and just the inheritance that awaits us and just the, the glorious truths that that are just um, uh, brought to bear in that particular chapter. And so we will get to Romans 8 in, in, in a short moment. But um, what we find is a glorious truth that we see in Romans, but we'll see, first identify it in other portions of Scripture in our text, obviously. But um, when I was a young Christian, and um, you know, one of the first books that you read is the Gospel of John, and so you, um, I remember reading that, and in my early uh, years or times as a Christian, I remember bring brought to the attempt brought to my attention was um, John's Gospel. It says that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, and so it became obvious that not everybody. Is a child of God. Uh, We are the creation of God, undoubtedly, but that does not equate to the fact that everyone is automatically a child of God. And so this uh, something, uh, I mean, we, uh, as we see, it, that's what the, one of the glorious truths and beauties of the gospel is that we have been reconciled to God and saved from our sins and the inheritance that we have received and which is, uh, is, is so uh, varied in multiple aspects of truth that are associated with it. But one of the most glorious things is, is that we have the right to become the children of God. And the fact that as our position is in Christ Jesus, as many as received him, they were given the power, the right to be the children of God. And so uh, this forms the basis of what we want to look at. And the title of the message this morning, if we want to give it a title, is the spirit of adoption that we find here in Romans 8 and also Ephesians chapter 1, which we'll look at in a moment. And also uh, is uh, identified in Galatians chapter 4, where we find this phrase uh, used that relates to our standing and our inheritance and position in Christ Jesus. And so there are three instances in which the this, the Bible deals with the issue of sonship. Now what I want to also emphasize is that there are two aspects to this truth. There's a progress, and what we would call a progressive aspect. So there is that which is in Christ and when we are birthed, when we become children of God, that relates to the spirit of adoption, that we are sons in Christ Jesus, but also that which is progressive in the context of the, if you want to call it the two-phase aspect, in which that which is to come. And that is what we are gloriously waiting for, hallelujah, and that time in which the fulfillment will come about and in which we will be with Christ forever. Amen. And so I want to encourage us this morning. I just want us to see afresh just this glorious truth and just kind of rejoice in all that it's it, in its simplicity and in all that it has for us. And so that we can be strengthened, we can be encouraged, we can rejoice in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. And so, regardless of anything that is going on around us, uh, as we walk through this pilgrimage, as our brother just shared, uh, and, and and all that it relates to. So, there is a for final fulfill. Uh, there is a final fulfillment that is to come. So let's look in Ephesians chapter one, and we'll read from verse one. Actually, read from verse three. And this is Paul. And he writes and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, sorry, the, the, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him we have also obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee uh, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. And so, again, there's much that you can we can focus on and and uh, draw out of this particular text. But our emphasis here is on the, the truth, the glorious truth, that we have been adopted as, uh, as, uh, as sons by Jesus Christ himself, by the will of God, predestined according to his glorious purpose that he has uh, initiated and, fu- and is fulfilling in Christ Jesus. Now, it says in verse 3 that we have been blessed with every spiritual pu- uh, blessing in Christ Jesus. Amen. That in and of itself is such a wonderful and glorious truth and a reality that we can have such assurance and such confidence that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And notice where that is. It is in Christ Jesus. This is our position. We have been put into Christ. We are in union with Christ, having been born again, having been born from above. We are partakers of the divine nature and the glorious truth of the gospel is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so Christ is in us, but we are in Christ. And that is our position. And within that, we find that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is the result of our union with him. The Bible says that in verse 4 that just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world now that we have in again the predestination here is that we have been chosen by God to be in him that is in Christ And so I must emphasize that in the work of salvation, it is God's initiative, amen, he chooses us, there's a time in which his grace is extended to us and by which the gospel comes to us, the grace of God is bestowed upon us and God draws us to himself. But in saying that, uh, we cannot separate the reality of one must trust, one must believe, one must exercise the faith uh, uh, in Christ. We are saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. But unless anyone should boast, it's a gift of God, as the scripture tells us. But let me say this, uh, uh, just as 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 a preface, faith is not a work. Romans 3 tells us clearly that, 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 that boasting is excluded on what law? On the law of faith. Faith's not a work. Okay, so we're not saved it's by my faith, but it is through faith. It is through us believing. As many as he as received him in John 1, 12. as many as received him, them he gave the right to become the children of God. And so there is a, uh, that, that, is, that, that faith is something that we exercise, this is something that we demonstrate. And is a, in, so we are a predestined, God has chosen us, he has, he's the initiator, he has drew, drawn us, he's given us the grace to believe even. But in doing so we must exercise that faith and we have been, so we, he chose us to be in him, we are predestined to be in Christ. That we should be holy without blame before him in love. Again, this is our position as a result of being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But listen to verse 5. Having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to his good pleasure or the good pleasure of his will. And so we have been predestined this morning to be adopted as sons by Jesus Christ. Now, note the word sons. It's not sons and daughters, okay? We know we're in a political correct world today. But in in God's economy, when it talks about sonship, in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female, okay? So in Christ, we are sons of God. And this is how we find this reference, and so it's something that we have to be mindful of, otherwise we find ourselves having to always think, oh, sons and daughters, because we don't want to offend any women, you know? But that's not how we understand this uh, biblically and uh, scripturally, as we'll see. Actually, go to um, Galatians chapter 3, and we'll see this uh, emphasised for us. And again, we're emphasising this aspect of faith. In in Galatians chapter four, oh sorry sorry chapter did I say chapter four chapter three, chapter three, verse twenty six. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So there it is again. It's a reemphasis of this aspect. We are sons of God. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You see, again, we see the emphasis of faith. We are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have all been adopted, predestined to the adoption of sonship through Christ according to God's plan and his purpose. And uh, the reality is, is that we have been baptized into Christ. And this is, the, this is something that is past tense. This is what happened the day we were born of the Spirit of God. And again, this is reiterated in Romans 6, where we are now united with him in his death and in the likeness of his resurrection. And having now uh, we have this newness of life that is in Christ Jesus. And this life this this the holy spirit in us Christ in us this is the as as being adopted into the family of God this is one of the blessings that we have received that Christ is in me the spirit of God lives in me and this is a glorious truth that has so much relevance. And I'm not just talking in a Pentecostal sense. I'm talking about to the believer because this spirit, the spirit of God and the spirit of life that is in Christ, Jesus, as we read in verse 2 of Romans 8, there's a glorious reality to this truth that, that must be experienced and, uh, uh, and harnessed uh, in the pilgrimage of the Christian journey because we understand we're in transition and we've got to go through this life. And, uh, I'd lo- and I remember one preacher, uh, uh, num- a couple of years ago, I went to this church when I was away, traveling and he, went, he was talking about, you know, again, it was all kingdom now, church triumphant stuff and he was beginning to speak about Romans 8 and he couldn't bring himself to talk about suffering. And so he just wanted to, to emphasize the whole issue of, of the spirit and, uh, it, and true But there's a context to that that we cannot neglect as we find it in Romans 8, which we'll consider further in just a moment. But our current position is that we are in Christ Jesus. This is reiterated again. If we go to Galatians 4, if you go down to verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So there it is again. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We are heirs. We are inheritors. We have received an inheritance. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. So let's go to Romans 8 if we can and see again as we just read how this is reiterated for us. In verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And it's the spirit himself who bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. See, this is the spirit of adoption. We now have been born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us. And so this is the assurance, the uh, the inner witness uh, that we have that uh, testifies and gives us the full confidence that we are saved. Amen. The assurance of salvation. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I know that I am saved. I know that I am forgiven. I know that I have an inheritance. I know that which is to come. And I am in Christ and he is in me. And this is the full assurance that comes, amen, through the Spirit of God. um, Too many people lack that assurance. And so when that assurance is lacking, if a person can't tell you they're saved, then don't go telling them they're saved. Give them the scriptures and show them, and and let them, and let God reveal to them, till they come to that inner witness where the Spirit bears witness that they are a child of God. So, such is the adoption. The Bible says in verse fifteen that we cry out, "Abba, Father." This is the nature of our relationship. He's our Father. We are His children. And we have such an intimacy of relationship. This is what eternal life is, John seventeen three. Eternal life is knowing God, having a relationship with God, walking with God, having a prayer life and spending time in his word and growing in him and knowing him. And this is the journey in which we are... We, this is the pilgrimage that we know as the Christian life. And so... We are, verse 17, it says in Romans 8, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. That word in in the Greek means uh, to be a sharer, to be an inheritor, to be a possessor. And so this is so important because we are heirs of Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I had to learn as a Christian, and I've shared this through my ministry over the years, was, was possessing our possessions in a sense, that knowing who you are in Christ and knowing the inheritance that is yours, and by faith, amen, standing on the promises of God, because they are in him, yes, and amen. So we have inherited eternal life. We have inherited Christ. We've inherited the kingdom of God. We are blessed, the scripture says. Remember in Ephesians one verse three, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now where does it say? In heavenly places in Christ. See so if you go to Ephesians chapter two, verse six, it talks about this. And it uses these words. Let me read it to you. Ephesians two verse six. This is talking about a position again. And it says, And we and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ. We are, we are in heavenly places. Amen. We can be physically here right now sitting where we are this morning, but we know spiritually speaking we are in Christ. We are in heavenly places and we, are, uh, we have been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're talking about a spiritual uh, position that we have in Christ, which is such a glorious truth. This is what the child of God must understand. And this is part of the adoption that makes us sons of God. And that's why this is all part of the inheritance in which we have received in him. And what a glorious relationship and what a glorious truth it is. That we have been adopted as sons of God. Adopted into the family of God. And, um, and the, the assurance that that brings, the hope that that brings. The confidence that that brings to our lives. Now, I did say to you earlier that there's a progressive aspect to this uh, truth of sonship, the adoption of sons. And so the fact is, is that when we are born again, we are in Christ. This is who we are. We are adopted. We are children of God. We have our position in Christ, as I've just kind of uh, shared with you this morning. But you see, we understand, although we have inherited uh, what we have now in Christ Jesus, we know that we have yet to receive the fullness of our inheritance in Christ. Amen? We know that it's ours because, again, all the promises of God are yes and amen, but we we are yet to possess or to fully inherit that that which is to come. But we know, as sure as God is true and as God is faithful, we will, amen, inherit and enter into that fullness as the adoption of sons and daughters. Oh, see, there it is. I just did it. As sons of Christ in, in, in Christ Jesus. And that's what Romans eight is talking about in its in the progressive sense in that which is to come. We haven't fully possessed all that is ours. We, it's not all yet been fully realized. Actually, now if you go back to Ephesians chapter one, you'll see in verse, um, verse eleven, it says in Him also. We have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ, that is us, should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now there it is, that's the first half. We were sealed by the Holy Spirit, the assurance, the bearing witness of sonship. And now we have been adopted into the family of God. But listen to verse 14. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee... For our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Again, this is the twofold aspect of the, of the adoption. We are already a part of the family of God. We are already sons in Christ. But in saying that, let it be understood, amen, we are still in this body. And, uh, this, and we understand in Scripture that which is to come until the redemption of the purchased possession. This is 1 Corinthians 15. In that twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed, amen, and corruption shall put on incorruption. And we will have a heavenly body, amen, and uh, never to die again, amen. And the glorious reality, realities that are eternal, that are associated with that, we are waiting for that day. When we come into that fullness, when we enter into and possess the fullness of our inheritance that's in Christ Jesus. And so, but it also says that we have the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise. So this is the other aspect, and this is what I want to bring your attention as well, is that we have the Holy Spirit in us, who is who has sealed us, and he is the guarantee of our inheritance so that is that i am his and he is mine i am stamped and i am sealed i am god's and there lies our assurance there lies our, our confidence but you see when it talks about the holy spirit in us there is something that is expounded in the book of romans that gives us such an understanding of what this means it's not just like a, you know some impersonal thing the Holy Spirit has a purpose and a function in the church in, uh, to the glory, uh, to the purposes of God. He is our advocate. He is our comforter. He is the one, as we see in Romans 8, he is there in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our sufferings in this life. And he is the one that is ministering to us and on our behalf, interceding for us. And there is a phrase in the, in the book of Romans that is used and it's called the first fruits of the Spirit. We have already the first fruits of the spirit. And if you look at um, in Romans 8, it talks about the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. And that spirit will quicken, will give life, amen, to your mortal bodies. And so even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. There is a, The Spirit of God in us is, is, is building us up, is edifying us. We are growing spiritually in Him. Amen. And so the outward man is getting older and whatever else. And we can see that. I'm getting older. I've got my old back issues too and, and all those types of things. But I tell you what, on the inside, even in the midst of everything that I, we have to endure, the hope becomes greater and stronger in us. Our faith is so, uh, so assured and we have the first fruits of the spirit which quickens us. It gives life. And that's the life that we live in this Christian life. That's why it doesn't matter what it is that's going on. And that was the key to the early church in the midst of its persecution. Outwardly, it had no reason to rejoice. But inwardly, it had the spirit and that spirit gave them uh, hope, confidence, life, and rejoice. And in the midst of death, uh, they gave them the grace to face whatever it was. And in, in death, they were victorious hallelujah because of this issue of the Spirit. And so, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God that we have been sealed. Thank God that we have the first fruits. Remember, the Bible says that Jesus is a life giving Spirit and we need consistently to be re, to be renewed in, and to be refreshed in him and thank God that his spirit does that for us amen so let's go back to romans and we can see the emphasis in ephesians 1 about the spirit and galatians 4 talks about the spirit as well that's been given to us for whom we cry out abba father and Romans 8 also emphasizes the same, the same reality. And so we've already touched upon the issue of the first fruits of the Spirit. But let's look now, as we and we read this just before, just to bring some context, in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now notice it says that shall be revealed in us. Now this is in verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the, uh, the revealing of the sons of God. You see, this is very important because God has tied in his eternal purpose that relates to the church, it relates to the, 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 the bride of Christ and the presentation of that to the bridegroom and the marriage supper of the lamb and all that is associated. The, 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 the Bible says in the midst of all the sufferings of life that we endure, what we see is that the, uh, we, what we are suffering now is nothing compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Even creation has been subjected to a time in the purposes of God, in the coming of Christ, where the, and, and where the church, amen, the bride is presented to the bridegroom, and we see the glorious fulfillment of Christ's second coming, and on the earth, uh, when Christ will rule and reign for 1,000 years. And then we know that even creation itself, nature, will be changed. So creation has been subjected until the time of the revealing of the, of, of the sons of God. Now, isn't it so sad that in, the, in church, in, in, in the last uh, uh, 50 years, we've had that false teaching of the manifest sons of God? As if somehow this truth is related to the fact that the church is supposed to be triumphant and kingdom now theology that builds on this, uh, this truth. That the, that the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God in which we're going to be raised up to rule the earth. But you see, no, that's not what the scripture is talking about. You can't divorce the, 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 the revealing of the, and the manifestation of the sons of God outside of the coming of Jesus Christ himself. And we will come with him, hallelujah, and we will rule and reign with him. And so this is what the creation is waiting for. But in the meantime, we are suffering, the Bible says. See, that doesn't fit modern theology now. We don't know, we're supposed to now, we're kingdom now, and we're, we're you know, all this and all that, and we're just supposed to be all triumphant, and which we are in one sense. But they over, uh, you know, any truth that takes taken to an extreme becomes an error, and it's over-realized, the uh, over-emphasized, over-realized eschatology, I think it's the word, and so uh, therefore they have completely missed it, and they so somehow if you're suffering or you're doing it tough or something's not, you know, oh well, you know, there's a lack of faith maybe, or something's not right in your life, or whatever the case may be. But I'm here to tell you that, that the Bible says in the midst of suffering in the midst of anything that we have to endure for the cause of Christ in this life, amen, that the Spirit of God Himself, who is the first fruits that is in us, the seal that is in us, He quickens us and He gives us a, strong, a strength of faith and a confidence in hope that we are, we, are, we are grounded and rooted in Him. We are perfected in His love. We are mature in Christ. So, the creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 20, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That's God. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So when we are revealed, the creation will be released from what it is now subjected to. And we won't have all these in you know uh, vo- you know climate change and all you know the vul- you know, all the earthquakes and you know forget all that nonsense. Climate change, can I, I tell you the biggest lie of our time if you want to talk about the climate, just read the Bible. There's big climate change coming, and <laughs> it's not coming from from carbon or CO two, which is not even a pollutant. It's coming from man's sin. So we have the creation that is connect, directly associated and connected to the manifestation of the sons of God. And then there's a switch in verse twenty two. For we know that, uh, oh, oh, actually, not to switch, continues. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. So the creation's laboring, as we understand it. So everything that's going on in the world today, it's 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 still being subjected in hope to until the time of the manifestation of the children of God, the sons of God. So in the actual fact, I would say those birth pangs are going to get bigger. Jesus said they would. They're going to get stronger. And they're all signs of the times in which we're living. But I tell you, the creation is groaning. And the creation labors with birth pangs even unto now. Not only that. Now, listen to that. Not only that. I mean, the creation's groaning. But Paul says creation's not the only thing that groans. Listen to what he says. Not only that but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit now we are, we have the first fruits of the spirit we've established this and what some of that means but even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption we're waiting for the adoption the redemption of our body oh come lord jesus come that we can put off this physical body and uh, because we know that it's subjected to the curse and sin and death and so the day when it comes we can put it off, praise the Lord, but what a, how more glorious until we are clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. And so we, we groan within ourselves because we want to enter now It's like, now, I've had enough of this life. Like, come on, let's just get this over and done with now. I'm groaning. And the older you get, I guess, the more you groan. I don't know. I think maybe some others can testify to it. But that's, I think I can say that safely. But we are, we're groaning within ourselves because we're waiting for the adoption, the fulfillment. And we know we're already adopted. We're already sons, but we understand we are not, fully yet realize the fullness of our inheritance and it's still coming and God is faithful but listen to verse 24 but we were saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not hope we walk by faith not by sight church faith is the substance of things hopeful evidence of things not seen so there it is We, we are saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not hope for why does one still hope for what he sees? But we're fully—we can't see it. But we can—we can't see it physically. But we are—we see it spiritually. We are convinced. That's why we're willing. To, we should—we be willing to die for our faith. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, to die is gain. Come on, let's just get this over done with, whatever the case is. Now, I'm not trying to diminish suffering. I'm not trying to diminish the struggles that would be associated with persecution and things like that because we need the grace of God in any circumstance to be able to endure the things that we must. So I don't want to make too much light of that. But I'm saying we must have a right perspective. We must understand the realities And we don't live for this life. We live for that which is to come. Hallelujah. So, verse 23, where are we? Verse 24, for what we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Perseverance. This is this is fundamental we have to endure. We have to persevere in this life. But you see again that perseverance is just not we're not just on our own, on our own church you know it's just not it's like God God says, well look I've got much for you but just hang on it's all coming. No God has made provision. this is why he has sent the spirit into our hearts this is why we have the first fruits of the Spirit. And so, in the midst of our groaning, now look here in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we ought, uh, what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered or words that we can't express. And you know what's interesting is I learnt this scripture. I remember in my formative years as a Christian and I remember being initially taught that, you know, uh, in verse 26 there, well, you know, spirit himself intercedes so it's about praying in tongues. Now, I pray in tongues, but that's not not the primary interpretation of verse 26. And I remember how God revealed this to me because I was in a time of distress in my personal walk with God. And I remember being in a prayer meeting or in a time of prayer and I just, I couldn't pray. I couldn't find the words to pray. I was that overwhelmed and, and groaning within myself that I just was like, oh God, you know, and I couldn't even find words to express. And I, and, I did, and I didn't even really pray, but I thought I'll just pick up my Bible and read it. And so I opened up and I was reading uh, Romans 8 and I read that verse in verse 26 and it's like the lights went on. And I understood and I realized and I had a sense of the Spirit of God right there alongside me. Amen, as his, his ministry is. And he was, he was praying on my behalf and I drew such strength and confidence from that that I just praised him. And I began to realize that even in my groanings, the Spirit was making, in my weakness, the Spirit was making intercession for me through words that I couldn't even express. See, thank God for His Spirit. This is why we have the victory. God always leads us to triumph in Christ. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And our faith, when it locks into this reality, it appropriates the fullness of that which is ours now in Christ Jesus. And we have the assurance of that which is to come. Church, we win. We've already won. So the Spirit, the glorious Holy Spirit in his ministry, is, is interceding for us. And not only that, we have the, the, the whole emphasis of Hebrews which talks about uh, the high priesthood of Christ and he lives to make intercession. I mean, there's, God has made so much provision, we are without excuse. God sees our struggles, he's not a, He's not the distance from them, he knows our struggles, he knows our doubts, he knows our fears and he, he understands that we're but dust. But as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities us. And if we will just cry out to him. See, this is what people don't do when it's tough. You know what? That's the first thing they neglect is prayer. The first thing they neglect is they drift away from God. No, go to God. Cry out to God. And in your desperation and in your cry for God, God will speak to you. God will meet with you. How? I don't know. It might be through scripture. It might be through some other means. It might just be through a sense of his presence. I don't know. But I know this. God is faithful and he will meet with you. And that will become your journey, and that will establish your confidence and your faith as you as you walk in this pilgrimage. And so, remember this this morning: we are adopted as sons of Christ in Christian, uh, Christian son, sonship. As many as received Him, they gave, He gave the right to become the children of God. We are children of God. We have been adopted. And that is our position in Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing. But in the reality of our pilgrimage and all of its struggles and all that we endure and things that happen in life, and, and I know that things happen, but let me say this, you have to have a relationship with God. And you have to be able to draw out um, the wells of salvation for yourself. Because when you come into, to, into contact with God, into relationship with God and walk with God, you will experience the, the first fruits of the Spirit. You will experience the fullness of His Spirit. When you cry out, Abba, Father, and cry out to God, God will break, meet with you and, His, and the Spirit of God will minister to you and, and on behalf of you. And when we experience that as Christians, what a joy it is. What a confidence it brings. And so just let me leave you with this thought this morning. In 1 John chapter 3, it says these words, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and as it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And that sums it up. Amen? Amen. We are looking, uh, as Titus says, we are looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. My God, we just thank you for the provisions that you have made in Christ Jesus, the inheritance that is ours in Christ, the promises that we have in him. Lord, there's just so much and that we have been seated in heavenly places. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding, Lord, that you would minister those that gathered. Lord, let us be strengthened, let us be edified. Let us, Lord, uh, have reason for it re- to rejoice in you, Lord. And though the outward man be perishing, regardless, Lord, of life and circumstances, let us, God, be filled with the fullness of your Spirit. And God, knowing that we have in us the first fruits, Lord, the Holy Spirit in us that causes us to cry out, Abba Father. I pray, bless your people this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. This morning has been a privilege to come and share the word of God with you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this message. You're welcome to duplicate this message in its entirety for non-profit purposes. For more information and resources, visit cgc.org.au.